Everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God to begin with. Uh, In the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 48, beginning at verse 1. One day, not long after this, word came to Joseph, Your father is failing rapidly. So Joseph went to visit his father, and he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. When Joseph arrived, Jacob was told, Your son Joseph has come to see you. So Jacob gathered his strength and sat up in his bed. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. He said to me, I will make you fruitful, and I will multiply your descendants. I will make you a multitude of nations, and I will give this land of Canaan to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. Now I am claiming as my own sons these two boys of yours, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born here in the land of Egypt before I arrived. They will be my sons, just as Reuben and Simeon are. But any children born to you in the future will be your own. And they will inherit land within the territories of their brothers Ephraim and Manasseh. Long ago, as I was returning from Padan Aram, Rachel died in the land of Canaan. We were still on the way some distance from Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. So with great sorrow, I buried her there beside the road of Ephrath. Then Jacob looked over at the two boys. Are these your sons? he asked. Yes, Joseph told him. These are the sons God has given me here in Egypt. And Jacob said, Bring them closer to me so I can bless them. Jacob was half blind because of his age and could hardly see. So Joseph brought the boys close to him, and Jacob kissed and embraced them. Then Jacob said to Joseph, I never thought I would see your face again, but now God has let me see your children too. Joseph moved the boys who were at their grandfather's knees, and he bowed with his face to the ground. Then he positioned the boys in front of Jacob. With his right hand, he directed Ephraim toward Jacob's left hand, and with his left hand, he put Manasseh at Jacob's right hand. But Jacob crossed his arms, and he reached out to lay his hands on the boys' heads. He put his right hand on the head of Ephraim, though he was the younger boy, and his left hand on the head of Manasseh though he was the firstborn. Then he blessed then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my grandfather Abraham and my father Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this very day, the angel who has redeemed me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they preserve my name in the names of Abraham and Isaac, and may their descendants multiply greatly through the earth. But Joseph was upset when he saw that his father placed his right hand on Ephraim's head. So Joseph lifted it to move it to Ephraim's head. 
move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. No, my father, he said, this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused. I know, my son. I know, he replied. Manasseh will also become a great people, but his younger brother will become even greater, and his descendants will become a multitude of nations. So Jacob blessed the boys that day with this blessing. The people of Israel will use your name, names when they give a blessing. They will say, may God make you as prosperous as Ephraim and Manasseh. In this way, Jacob put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. Verses 1 through 20, Genesis chapter 48. Then looking briefly in the New Testament, in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amminadab. Amminadab was the father of Nashon, and Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rehab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. Solomon was, Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehoram. Jehoram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Ammon. Ammon was the father of Josiah. Josiah was the father of Jehoiakim and his brothers, born at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the Babylonian exile, Jehoiakim was the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abiad. Abiad was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim was the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok was the father of Achim. Achim was the father of Eliad. Eliad was the father of Eleazar. Eleazar was the father of Matan. Matan was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who was called the Messiah. Verses 1 through 16, Matthew chapter 1. Thank you, Father, for the powerful and the wonderful grace that rests upon the legacies that we find throughout the Word of God. And thank you, Lord, for the truths, how that as we even read through genealogies like this one in Matthew chapter 1, we see how that every individual, their lives affected their children, their grandchildren, and far beyond them. Father, we thank you for the wonderful example we see first and foremost in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a privilege it is once we receive him as Lord and Savior to be a part of your family, the family of God. And thank you, Lord, for how that you used other servants. Thank you for the legacy of King David, who to this day, the name of David, continues to provide a legacy, a, a spiritual footprint that affects the lives, lives of others. And even as we look at the news, we see the star of David on the Israelite flag. And again, reminding us of the legacy of a faithful servant. Lord, anoint us afresh with the spirit of grace. Help us, all of us as men and women, to strive to be 
believers, men and women, fathers and mothers, and grandfathers and grandmothers who leave a wonderful and mighty spiritual imprint on our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, and those that live long after we've gone home to heaven. Help us to know that by your, by the power of your Spirit, we can be used by your Holy Spirit to have great influence on those that come behind us. Thank you for that blessing, that legacy, that grace. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Isaac Jackson. Isaac is going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Hey, Father, thank you so much for these moments, and thank you so much for the season. Thank you so much for how well you kept a record of, of your son and how well you set things up for him to be a perfect fulfillment of everything you've promised. Thank you so much, Father, for loving us so much. And, Father, I ask that you'd reveal that, not not just like intellectually to us, but, Father, I'd ask that you'd reveal yourself to our hearts and that we'd get to know you and that we'd uh, want to know you more and more. Father, thank you so much for growing us, for being our peace, for being our rock, for being our safe place, and thank you for being our Savior. In your holy name, amen. 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 Thank you, Isaac. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. We are very blessed and honored to have as our phone guest today, Larry Fowler. He's the president of the ministry Legacy Coalition. Brother Larry, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you today. A blessing and an honor to have you to come on. And this is actually the second time in just recent days we had the privilege of having and learning about ministries whose specific uh, mission has to do with helping to equip grandparents to be kingdom-minded servants in the Lord, ministering to their grandchildren. So we're grateful to have you on. Larry, would you take time uh, to further introduce yourself to our listeners and then tell them, about the ministry and the mission behind Legacy Coalition. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, My calling in life, my wife and I's calling, has been children's ministry. And we've been involved uh, for many years with the organization Awana Clubs International. I'm sure that many of the listeners have heard of that organization. And then uh, in 2014 and 2015, God put a new passion on my heart, a new calling. I never dreamed, Pastor, that at age 63, God would call me to do something new. But we realized, as, as you just said, there, there are virtually, uh, there are very, very few uh, people that are focusing on the role of a Christian grandparent. But we were seeing two things. We saw that Scripture had some things to say about the grandparenting role, and we needed to make people aware of them. And then we were also really realizing the incredible potential that grandparents have for ministering and discipling their their grandchildren. And so uh, in 2016, we started our ministry, the Legacy Coalition, with a focus on equipping Christian grandparents to be intentional in passing on their faith to the the generations in their families. Uh, that's what we do. Uh, we do it through seminars, through conferences, through uh, blogs and and webinars, and through printed materials, books, and and uh, tools for grandparents to use. And our passion is that the 30 million Christian grandparents in America, not to, not to mention those that are in other countries, would become real intentional about passing on their faith to their grandchildren. Mm. 
Well, that and so uh, if someone is wanting to learn more about Legacy Coalition or just be in touch with you, how can they do that? Well, they can just they can find out more about our ministry by going to legacycoalition.com. That's our website. And then kind of the same thing, uh, if they want to contact us, send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at LegacyCoalition.com. Mm. And we'll follow up with there. Any, anything that people want to share with us or questions they want to ask, we'll do what we can to encourage them and help them. All right. Well, would you take a moment now specifically to pray for grandparents and actually others listening to that they would receive all the Holy Spirit wants to share with them through the broadcast today? Yes, Heavenly Father, it is our prayer constantly that grandparents' eyes will be opened, that they will not be blinded by the the wrong perception of the role of a grandparent that's given to us by culture, but instead they will realize what Scripture has to say, the biblical view, the, the view of our Heavenly Father about how important they are in passing on faith to future generations in our families. Father, I pray that you will uh, increase their passion for their grandchildren. Um, maybe, Father, there are some that are listening that that have grandchildren that they were so close to when they were little, and now their grandchildren have become teenagers or young adults, and they don't feel so close. And their passion for them, their passion for their spiritual life has waned, and we pray that you will restore that passion in the lives of the grandparents that are listening today. We give them to you and pray that you will do your, a mighty work in our thoughts and hearts as we converse today and as we discuss this very important topic of passing on faith in our families. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. 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 And Father, to thank you for the ministry of Legacy Coalition, and thank you for Brother Larry and his wife and the work you called them to. Father, anoint the ministry of a Legacy Coalition with a much, much, much greater anointing. Lord, set it on fire, fresh of your Holy Spirit. Use it to be a tremendous tool to set grandparents on fire with your Holy Spirit in a wonderful way all over the world more and more so that they, as Brother Larry has just prayed, would become kingdom instruments to touch and bless the lives of their grandchildren and others and help steer them towards Jesus Christ and to help plug them into your kingdom. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our phone guest is Larry Fowler, the president of Legacy Coalition. We'll be right back. Of all that she's lost 
When she hears a sound at her door And a song comes to find her As a gentle reminder Love is here It's the music of Christmas So music of Stephen Curtis Chapman with the music of Christmas. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Larry Fowler. He's the president of a wonderful ministry to grandparents entitled Legacy Coalition. And uh, uh, Larry, you've written a book entitled My Wish of All Wishes. Would you tell our listeners about that book? Well, let me start by saying the greatest passion that I have in my life that drives me every day is I want my grandchildren in heaven with me. There's nothing I want more. I've been involved in ministry all of my life, and I I have many desires in ministry and other areas, but the desire that tops them all is for me to be able to to know that my children and my grandchildren and the generations that follow are going to be in heaven with me someday. And I know that that uh, is the passion of so many grandparents that are listening uh, right now. And I wanted to put that in a book form. I, I had an idea that I wanted to um, create a children's book where a grandparent could express to their grandchildren that uh, that sentiment. So I wrote the book, uh, My Wish of All Wishes. It's a brand new book. It uh, just came out last week, so it's, it's just, uh, just fresh off the press. I'm really excited about it. And you can find it at LegacyCoalition.com. But it starts with a grandfather asking uh, grandkids, hey, my grandchildren, so special to me. If you had a wish, just what would it be? And then the grandfather tells them he's got a big wish, and he wants to share it with them. And the book goes through some fun little wishes that the grandkids have to more so, so uh, more serious wishes. And then the father, uh, the grandfather, explains a way of salvation. And the book ends by the grandfather turning to the grandchildren and saying, "I want you in heaven with me." Mm. So that's that's my book. Mm-hmm. So if someone wants to get the the book, My Wish of All Wishes, how can they do that? LegacyCoalition.com slash wish is mm-hmm. the website that they can go to. LegacyCoalition.com slash wish, and that will take, take you to the place where you can order it. Okay. Okay, then. And so that the book itself is a gift that a grandparent would be, can give to a grandchild in, amongst other things? 
Yes, it has it has a dedication page at the beginning where the grandparent would write their name, the name of their grandchild, and then a blank page where they can write uh, a message to the grandchild as as part of it as well. Okay. All right. Thanks for sharing that. Then I want to ask for you to just to get your comments on this too. I I recently had the uh, opportunity. Well, I. I uh, it was reposted on the AFA stand, but it's an article that I wrote entitled A Grandparents' Dis- Christmas Discipleship Project. And it's a one whereby we're encouraging grandparents to do this project. And I, I want to just mention this. And again, I would like to get your uh, thoughts on this. But, you know, I can think of four critically important goals that often grandparents pursue with their grandkids. Number one, they want they like to have fun with them. Number two, they like to give them gifts. Number three, they want to bless them. And four, they like to spend time with them. Well, this project helps grandparents do all of this in a kingdom way, a way that's redemptive. But basically, it's where the grandparent will call up the grandchildren and set up a project whereby they will, during the Christmas season, read about 23 verses or so a day, but read through all the Christmas narratives, and they would send them monetary rewards for doing it, and it would be over a period of a few days. But it's a way whereby they can talk to them several days during the Christmas season, but the grandchild would read through. And, of course, the Christmas narratives, of course, are Matthew chapters 1 and 2 and Luke chapters 1 and 2. And one of the many blessings is for many of the children, it'll be the first time in their life that they've ever read all the way through the Christmas narratives. And the reality is lots of adults haven't read all the way through the Christmas narratives during the Christmas season themselves. So just want to mention to our listeners, if you'd like to get a copy of the article, simply email us, joseph at afr.net, or go to the afa.net stand, and that article is posted there, A Grandparents' Christmas Discipleship Project, though. But uh, again, it's a good way to help grandparents encourage their grandkids to get into the Word of God, but also a way to spend more time both discipling their grandkids and spending time with them on the phone, though. So so um, just wanted to share that, though. But any thoughts that come to your mind about why this can be an encouraging project for grandparents? Well, my, my first thought was that's exactly what we talk about when we say uh, become intentional as grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so many of the messages about grandparenting that come from our culture is that a good grandparent is one that that uh, plays with their grandkids and goes to all their activities and spoils them a little bit and sends them home and yeah and gives them gifts uh, and in the absence of our churches in in America and really around the world speaking about the role of a grandparent that's the only message Christian grandparents hear they don't really hear uh, about how important uh, they can be in passing on faith and. And, of course, uh, in order to do that, you have to become intentional. And what mm-hmm. you just uh, shared, uh, Pastor, is a perfect example of how grandparents can become intentional uh, and still do it in a way that uh, is fun and really um, um, makes the time with the grandkids enjoyable. We don't, we don't want to eliminate those things, but we want to leverage them for spiritual purposes. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to share with you just a few few thoughts. I'm going to ask you to give your response uh, and perspective as it relates to these thoughts as well. Uh, 
the, the statement that Christian grandparents have incredible potential for spiritual influence. Expound on that point uh, and speaking specifically to grandparents. Well, when you think, what, what allows someone to have influence? Uh, usually it is uh, primarily through a relationship. It might be through a position of power, but, but in our personal lives, it's through a relationship. And so often, uh, Christian parents and grandparents, to some extent, too, depend upon the local church for the spiritual influence in their lives of their of the the children in their families, but it's just not enough. Um, you, the average child that goes to church only goes a couple times a month, and then they have a different teacher uh, every year, and so there's never any real relationships built. But grandparents have a childhood long relationship with a child with a grandchild. That, that gives them incredible opportunities. They love to spend time with them, and usually the grandchildren love to spend time with their grandparents, and, and all of those are uh, factors that, that make grandparents the ideal discipler of a child. When you describe what, a, what an ideal discipler looks like and list the qualities, it just lines right up with what a grandparent can provide just by the way that God's placed them within the family. Mm. Would you take a moment now specifically to pray for grandparents? And of course, uh, Brother Larry, I would mention this, obviously, in many ways, though we're specifically speaking to uh, Christian grandparents, many of these truths apply to discipleship, period, but specifically, of course, to grandparents. Would you pray for grandparents to really grasp the reality of the importance of their taking this role deliberately and very seriously. I will. Heavenly Father, I, I believe that right now there are some uh, grandparents that are listening that have really not thought very deeply about this incredible potential they have to influence their grandchildren. Father, I know they love their grandchildren. They would long to see them have a relationship with you, and we pray that their eyes will be opened by the power of your Holy Spirit, open their eyes to the influence that they can have in the lives of their grandchildren. And then, Father, for the parents that are listening, maybe some of them have never really thought about a conversation with their parents, the grandparents, and how they might come alongside them and and become um, co-disciplers together with the youngest generation. Father, we pray that in the families that are represented by the listeners, we pray that you do a mighty work of uniting them and helping them to become intentional about passing on faith to those in their families. Amen. 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 Thank you, Larry. Uh, Larry, I want to uh, ask you about a different matter. You know, uh, would you say that many Christian grandparents think much about the whole side of the discipleship opportunities they have with their grandkids. Is that something that seems to be prevalent amongst Christian grandparents in our culture? Our research has shown that about one out of four Christian grandparents do, but three-fourths do not. Hmm. And I've mentioned a couple times uh, what the cultural view of a grandparent is. Cultural view is not really bad, um, but it's just not enough. It's it, it doesn't have the spiritual component in it, in it at all. And um, 
about one-fourth of Christian grandparents have figured this out on their own, and they are very focused on doing what they can to influence their grandchildren. But many Christian grandparents have bought into some of the pulls of culture that says, when you retire, just go play, move away from your family to a retirement community. Uh, life in the last years of life, or life in the last years ought to be about enjoying yourself. You've worked hard, you've earned it, you've and uh, it almost becomes, uh, Pastor, a retirement narcissism that pulls many Christian grandparents away from the role that they ought to have with their, with their grandchildren. So, yes, there are some that do, but there are many more that we want them to listen. We want them to hear our message and, and to um, respond, because we believe that we can make a difference in the youngest generations as grandparents get involved. Mm. Well, Larry, why would you say it will be true that the majority of grandparents, Christian grandparents, this is not really very, uh, uh, not a priority in their minds? Why would you think that would be true? Well, here another research that we did, we, we've, we've done some research, and friends of ours have as well, friends of our ministry, and we found out that only about 1%, Pastor, 1%, of Christian grandparents have ever heard a sermon or attended a class or read a book on the topic of Christian grandparenting, biblical grandparenting. And so what that means is that the, how, does a, how does a person learn what they should do as a grandparent? Well, you might learn from your own grandparents, from your own family experience, if it's bad, then you say, I don't want to do that, and you, do, you try to do better. If it's good, then you say, well, I want to copy that. That was pretty good. Uh, so we learn either from our personal experience or from culture, but we don't learn from the Word of God. And the Word of God is, is very specific about the role of a grandparent, even though the word grandparent doesn't appear much in Scripture. Uh, so when, when Christian grandparents have never studied it, never heard it, then it's no wonder that they um, follow more what culture has to say. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I would just mention that, like, the pa the couple passages that we read at the beginning of the broadcast, of course, obviously in yep. Genesis, a grandfather praying specifically a blessing over his grandchildren, and something interesting to note, too, in this particular passage, it pointed out that it seemed that the grandfather had a little bit more spiritual insight uh, than the father at that because he blessed the one that the Spirit of God directed him to bless with the greater blessing. And, you know, the reality is sometimes as dads and moms, we might not be as spiritually keen as we need to be, and sometimes a grandparent can help in that regard. But just the whole wonderful genealogy of Christ, we see that, you know, a father will obviously influence his child, his grandchild, and even you think of both Christ, who, again, has obviously huge influence over the whole universe as well as the whole world, but then even King David, his spiritual imprint is huge uh, in the kingdom of God, and all of us can have that. So uh, we're coming up on a break, and I'm, we'll, we'll pick up right there on the other side. Our phone guest today is Larry Fowler. He's the president of Legacy Coalition. We'll be right back.
of Amy Grant with Breath of Heaven. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Larry Fowler. He's the president of the Legacy Coalition, a wonderful ministry that ministers and helps to equip grandparents to be deliberate disciple-makers, building relationships with their their grandchildren. Uh, Brother Larry, we had just alluded to the passages we read at the beginning of the broadcast, Genesis 48 and Matthew chapter 1. Did you have thoughts or insights about those you wanted to share? Well, I was so thrilled that you started with reading that passage about uh, about Jacob and Joseph and and then the two two little grandsons. Um, I, yeah, a couple thoughts about that that I think are so significant. Num- number one is is this. Uh, Jacob's ministry to his grandsons was that of giving a blessing. Mm. And I think that's a wonderful example for grandparents to follow. Uh, it's uh, remained a, a tradition within the uh, Jewish religion, but as Christians, we've kind of uh, let it go by the wayside. And certainly that's one thing that grandparents can do. We talk about it a lot. We encourage grandparents to do that on a regular basis, to speak God's favor over their grandchildren. Uh, The other thing that I would say about this passage is, we all know, uh, Jacob was a real scoundrel in his younger days. (laughs) And, you know, his family was really messy. Mm -hmm. And yet, uh, that didn't keep him from ministering to his grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a practical application I believe that there are many grandparents and parents that are listening that are saying, you know what, my family's messy. We've had some issues in my family that have, you know, have really become a a stumbling block towards grandparents having an impact in the grandchildren's lives. And I just want to say to those grandparents, you're not alone. And in fact, um, uh, let's let's just pray right now for the grandparents that okay. that might feel that their families are messy and they're not real sure they can have that that impact. Uh, is that okay, Pastor? Go right ahead, yes, sir. Okay, Heavenly Father, I know that there are likely grandparents that are listening that that have messiness in their families. We virtually all do because families are made up of sinful. Uh, lost sinners who have been saved by grace, and we all have imperfections, and so that makes families messy. Father, there's probably a grandparent that has a son that has walked away from faith, and there are probably grandparents that are listening that have had their families ripped apart by a vicious divorce or a really bad decision on the part of an adult child. 
And that seems to be such a barrier to them to influencing grandchildren. And Father, help them to realize that that uh, your your desire for them to be a spiritual influence never changes. Just how they do it is what makes uh, is different according to the circumstances. Father, we pray that you'll give them wisdom, give them the determination, give them the passion to. They want to see their grandchildren in heaven with them, and help them to to have wisdom about doing everything they can to influence those grandchildren for Jesus Christ. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brother Lair. You know, what you're just referring to reminds me of how that it's pretty common that sometimes people will say, well, well, I come from a dysfunctional family, and they use it as, as an excuse as to why maybe they can't do certain things spiritually. Well, you know, the reality is because of sin, everybody comes from a dysfunctional family. But... We, Amen. We, we all ser- do. Yes. <laughs> but we serve a God that's big enough to help us overcome any challenge, <clears throat> any problem. And, of course, going back to this, Jacob, if ever you find a dysfunctional family, you look at the family of Jacob, brothers who fully intended to kill their brother and then decided, well, hey, he is our brother. Let's not kill him. Let's sell him off into slavery. But we see how that God redeemed that and Joseph forgave his family and God used him to help save his whole family from famine. And again, the story of the grace of God. And God's grace is available to all of our families as we learn to plug into Jesus. So again, just a powerful example in Scripture. Well, uh, before we end our time, I want to ask you this too. What would you say the church can do to help encourage grandparents becoming much more intentional about discipling their grandchildren? Well, I would say the church needs to recognize the role of a grandparent. So often when I talk to pastors, uh, they say, well, we've got a senior adults group, and I want to say to them, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about the age. I'm talking about the relationship in the family. Mm -hmm. Uh, My wife and I just last night had uh, dinner with a couple that were 65 years old. And in their church, they have a senior adults group. They didn't know what they were saying to me at the time, but they said, you know what? We checked it out and it's just not for us. And I could tell they thought we're too young to be mm-hmm. a part of that group. Mm-hmm. And yet they have seven grandchildren. The oldest is 13. And so there are many, many grandparents that are younger than those in the senior adults groups in our church. Mm-hmm. I believe that that grandparenting ministry needs to be perceived as a part of family ministry. Mm-hmm. And right alongside, you know, we know we need to do what we can to equip parents and give parents a vision. Well, why not grandparents right beside them, helping mm-hmm. them to know? The church needs to do things like... If they have a baby dedication, um, get the grandparents up on the stage alongside the parents and mm-hmm. give a challenge to the to the grandparents right alongside the challenge to the parents. And, and, and just help the congregations in our churches to see the role of the grandparent as vital. It's a, it's a secondary role. Mm-hmm. Um, parents are in the first seat of the bus. Grandparents are in the second seat. They're not in the first seat in most cases. 
Mm-hmm. And so, but but they still are, have a vital, vital role, and we want churches to see that, and and church leaders to have a passion to equip grandparents for their role. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, Larry, I think of this too that it there there's a huge need to help grandparents, well, actually, parents as well as grandparents to understand the huge role interceding for our children and grandchildren needs to have in our, our lives, because the reality is. God uses the prayers of his people to transform lives every day mightily, but it too, again, to use the term that you used earlier, being very intentional and specific about focusing prayer on our grandchildren and taking it very, very serious. Would you take a moment to pray for grandparents to grow in the understanding of the great need for them to be the intercessors for their grandchildren that God would have them to be? Yes, but let me make a comment just real quick, a, a personal testimony. Okay. I am much more focused on it, on praying for my grandchildren than I was when I was a parent, or, you know, praying for my parent, my, my children mm-hmm. when I was a parent. It, as, it, that's one of the things that happens when we mature. We, as we mature, we, we come to grips more with the power of prayer and the necessity of prayer. So grandparents are often the best prayer warriors, mm. and they need to be recognized by the church and engaged by the church. Yes, let's pray for that. Heavenly Father, I, I pray that you will awaken uh, both grandparents and parents to the power of intentional, regular, fervent prayer uh, for the youngest generations in our families and in our churches and in our countries. Father, I pray that that if there are parents listening, that they might go to the grandparents and say, would you pray regularly for the kids? Help grandparents to have a systematic approach of earnest prayer, as uh, we read in James 5, uh, 16. And Father, we pray that the result will be the the power that you have to change lives would be exerted in, in the lives of our grandchildren, all across this nation and around the world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, Alaire, our time is just about gone, but again, really appreciate you coming on. And you've covered a lot of ground in the short time we've been on the broadcast. Uh, Share with our listeners one more time, if they're wanting to get uh, your book, My Wish of All Wishes, or if they just want more information about Legacy Coalition, tell them one more time how they can get that information. Well, I would really encourage them to just check out LegacyCoalition.com. Just search the website. You'll see that we have hundreds of resources for grandparents, uh, mm-hmm. videos, articles, books, uh, tools that they can use with their grandkids. But my newest book, My Wish of All Wishes, is at LegacyCoalition.com slash wish. And you can learn all about it there and uh, learn how to order it from that spot. LegacyCoalition.com slash wish. All right. And you have events for grandparents to equip them as well, right? Yes, we have a we have a webinar every Monday night. Now, it's not for the next two weeks because of the holidays, but every Monday night we have something called Grand Monday Nights. It's a free webinar. It's very, very much like, uh, like this, like a podcast, except that it's a video. Mm-hmm. And we have different speakers on all the time, and every week there's a new topic about mm-hmm. the role of a grandparent, um, and we've covered them all. We've mm-hmm. been doing this for several years. 
we have like 150 different videos. So there's lots and lots of topics covered, resources available for grandparents. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Larry, for being with us today. And as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never made the eternally important decision of inviting Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be the Lord and Savior, today is a good day, a great day to make that eternally important decision. If you'd like to ask Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, we invite you to make that extremely important decision right now. If you'd like to make that step, would you simply, from your heart, pray this prayer with us even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. In your word, you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, right now, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Help me to read your word daily. Help me to pray daily. Help me to follow you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to be in touch with you. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that will help you to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, my email, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We definitely hope to hear from you. We'd like to get this uh, these resources to you as well. Again, joseph at afr.net. Brother Larry Fowler has been our guest today. Larry, thank you so much for being with us. And share one more time your website, please. LegacyCoalition.com All right. Thanks so much for being... Thank you, and keep up the great work. Thanks for listening. Please pray much for Brother Larry and the great work and mission of the Legacy Coalition. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.